Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Kayla Jean Miller. Um, I've been coming to Lakeside for about nine months, and I'm in the process of becoming a member. Typing this out, I realized that this is no longer my story, that this is God's story. And I was brought into this world on August 1st, 1995. Um, being raised where God was loved and he was worshipped, but he was never served together as a whole family. I've always had a strong belief in God, and I know that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Um, uh, believing that as a young child was really easy, but I didn't obey the truth that God should be involved in every angle of my life. And that's where the gap in my heart began. I went through life just being a kid and wanting to do what I wanted to do. Apparently, I'm really strong-willed. It wasn't until fifth grade when I attended a camp, a Christian camp called Scavy Ranch for the very first time. That time, I accepted the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior. I didn't fully grasp the fact that um, I was one of Jesus' children and how much he truly loved me. I just kept living the life how I always knew. I went through middle school just being the girl who wanted to play sports and be tough. Still going to camp each year, I would learn more and more about being a Christian. Each summer, my heart would change. I would come home on fire for Jesus, and then my passion would just fizzle out. When I started my high school life, I had two major mindsets. One was to be a cheerleader, and two was to be nice to everybody I came in contact with. Slowly, I lost my focus on Jesus, and the decisions I started to make really reflected that. After my freshman year, I went back to camp. I was really excited at first, but the closer time got to it, I no longer wanted to go. Realizing that there was no way out, um, because my parents had already paid for it, I was stuck going. <laughs> that summer uh, would be one that I will never forget. God put a girl named Silvana in my life as, a, as my counselor. Silvana taught me that I needed to delay my selfish desires and my way of life down to God and live out my faith for Christ in everything I do. Um, I was on fire. I came home from camp that summer, and I wanted to change. I was getting into my Bible, and I was talking more and more about Jesus to my mom. A couple months went by, and I had completely went back to the way I was living. Starting my sophomore year off all on the wrong note, I was fighting and disrespecting my parents to the point where I had nothing to do with having a family or living in peace with them. I wanted what I wanted. I was completely consumed by my selfish wants. After purposely losing contact with Silvana, only because I was too embarrassed to tell her how I was living and to, talk, and to talk to her about the decisions I had made, but most importantly, how the passion I had for Jesus totally disappeared. I was my own God. It wasn't until the end of my sophomore year when living in the Princess Kayla lifestyle hit rock bottom. I had completely lost who I was. My self-confidence was at an all-time low, and the direction on who I wanted to be was completely lost. Sure enough, it was time to go back to church camp at Skyview. I knew I was lost, and I knew I would be dealing with God on a deeper level at camp. I knew this summer would be heart-changing and life-rearranging. I had began to pray like none other, asking God to show me what I needed to do to live out the servant life, serving him. I desired a relationship with Jesus. This past summer at Skyview Ranch, I rededicated my life with Christ Jesus. My heart was wide open to allowing my Savior to work on my life and to save me from total destruction. This summer, God reconnected me with Silvana, as well as bringing me closer to a girl named Megan. Megan taught me that no matter how far off the beaten path you go, God will always hold you tight and forgive you of your mistakes. Um, I learned that mistakes are only scars when you let them be. Believing that Jesus died on a cross for those mistakes 
um, they're merely scratches. They cause pain for a while, but when you let God heal them, they don't scar. God forgives, he loves, and he accepts. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned our own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Today, I am standing here with my arms high, my heart abandoned, in awe of the one who gave it all. I've never been, in so, I've never been so in love with my Savior. And when, I, and when I say Savior, God saved me from the destruction of living a selfish, sinful life. Friends and family in these church pews, I just want to tell you how precious all of you are to God. No matter how lost you are or how found you are in God, he wants you to set your eyes and hearts on him, giving your troubles, worries, and sins all in his hands to handle. Thank you for celebrating what God has done in my life, and the story is only to be continued. Hi, my name is Ariana Manning. I did not grow up in a Christian home. I mean, God was talked about a little, but not much, though. I have been through a lot of ups and downs in my life that has caused me not to believe in God as strongly as I wanted to or needed to. I have been through a number of things, but the list is too long for me to go into now. One of the really big things that hit me hard while I was young was the choices that were made that led me to getting removed from my home and moving to live with my grandma. It was pretty scary and tragic, but not really enough time to go, go into detail now. As I moved, or as I moved to life with my grandma, I began to enjoy her company. It was pretty awesome to wake up in her house feeling safe, secure, loved, and just all around happy. Living with my grandma gave me the opportunity to start learning about God. My grandma would talk about how great Christ is and how much he loved me for me. So she started working with me little by little. After some time passed, my grandma started getting sick and had to go to the hospital. When she went to the hospital, we soon found out that she had cancer, and it was pretty sad because she was perfect one day, and then she got super sick, really, like super sick and really fat, like super sick and really fast all the time. She eventually got so bad that she had to quit work, and she was so weak that she couldn't even walk. It was all just so sad. Eventually, she had her ups and downs, and she would get better and could go home for a couple of days, and then she would get really bad and have to go back to the hospital. Last year, on January 6, 2012, I lost my grandma from double lung pneumonia. From receiving this news and watching her pass away, it was really heartbreaking. I could not bring myself to actually believe that she was gone. My grandma was literally my everything. She meant so much to me. She was a friend, a supporter, a comforter, and my mom. Losing her felt like I lost everything. So last year was really hard for me. But I got through it, even though I didn't think I would. I only made it through all, through all of this because of the love of my friends. Peter, Amy, and Brad, I truly thank you for that, and I love you so much for it. On one Wednesday, I was at youth group, and Brad was talking about Dare to Share. He said that it was a week where you get to go and learn more about God. There would be a drama band, and it would just be a really good time. He really encouraged us a lot to go, so I did. The first night that we were there, there was a drama. In the drama, there was a boy getting bullied by some of his teammates. He was getting bullied so so much that he set a date to kill himself. The boy that was bullying him started having vision problems and went to see an eye doctor. When he... Um, Seeing the eye doctor, he got the news that he had to wear glasses. He didn't know these were normal glasses, but special spiritual ones. While he was wearing these glasses, he was able to see visions of people's pain and the visions he was able to see of the life of the boy that he was bullying. 
and how he was getting beat up by his coach and after practice and after practice um everyone or well, I was getting beat up by his coach after practice while everyone was gone. He said he said that the boy had a plan to kill himself after school. Seeing all of this, the bully started to change and ask questions about God. This led him to quit bullying his teammate. He would even st- or he even stood up for the boy when the players and the coach was tried to mess with him. But that did not stop the boy from wanting to kill himself. So while the boy was at the at the school, the bully came to apologize to him for all his bad choices. For what he was doing or for what he was doing, he was telling us about how he found God. So when the boy called the police and said that he was going to kill himself, the police showed up pretty quickly. But instead of the boy that was going to kill himself going to jail, the boy bullied or the boy that was bullying him took the gun in the bag and confronted the police because he surrendered to God. He felt clean and renewed and went and went because he had everything right with it with God. It was just really cool to see how he went from being mean and angry and bitter without God to surrendering and finding God. And this gave me hope that God could do the same for me. That night I truly felt like I understood what God wanted me to do. So I prayed about it and on February 23, 2013 I accepted Christ as my savior. I now realize that God created you and me to be with him. But all our sins that we have done separates us from God and he doesn't want that. Your sins and mine cannot be removed by good deeds. Meaning just going and doing good things for someone will not remove any sins you have. While you and I are still sinners and sinning, Christ died for us. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in him alone will have eternal life. And life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. This means to me that God will love me no matter what happens. Accepting Christ that night was amazing. After that, I felt like a new creation, ready to help and share the gospel to others and have them feel the same excitement I had. I have realized that I have grown so much from the time that I accepted Christ up until now. The changes I have made makes me feel so happy. I have been able to invite friends to youth group, and I have been able to share the gospel with complete strangers. I feel really good about it afterwards because I reached out to one more person that can be on their way to accepting Christ. Even if I have not been able to share the gospel with anyone, but they are having a hard day or just upset, I will go and talk to them and tell them how much God loves them and never to forget them. After talking to them, seeing such a big smile on their faces is just the best feeling ever. It is just amazing how great God is and how he can use anyone at any given moment to reach out and share the gospel to someone you don't even know. I wanted to get baptized because I felt that I was ready to take the next big step in my journey of living for the glory of God. So I told Peter and Brad I wanted to get baptized, and they gave me the materials, and I worked on it, and I prayed about it as well. And it led me to today, the day that I get baptized. I hope God can... Keep showing me opportunities and share Christ with everyone. All right, well, hi, my name is Tim Seppi. For the, uh, you guys that don't know me, I'm the son of Zoltan and Sherry Seppi. Throughout my whole life, <clears throat> I've uh, been a believer, but I've always went through the emotions and never committed myself. I always thought that in my mind that I would have tomorrow to further my relationship with God, but that just kept getting deeper, and like I just kept on digging myself in the larger hole, and it was just, it really disgusted me, but... I've always been led by great examples my whole life, showing me that God's love and how great He is. I couldn't have been more blessed with that. Throughout most of my younger teenage years, I've always wanted to do something that would fulfill my personal needs, make me feel better about myself, and I tried to plan the way I wanted to live. I was really selfish, and that it was just it just kept on going downhill even more. <clears throat> uh, I lost my place. <laughs> this all just. Um, 
the night of teens, oh, this all just grew on me until the week of Midwest camp leading into my freshman year. The night of the teens thing, I broke down into tears, and that's when I first remember giving my life to the Lord. I just, I was just so excited that I had him in my life, but after church camp, um, all that fire just extinguished, and it just, it just faded away. And ever since, I've had my ups and downs, but I know that God will be with me no matter what happens, and I know that He is my Lord and Savior. One of my favorite verses comes from Proverbs 16.9. It says, In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Now that I have the Lord in my life, <clears throat> with my faith in Him, He will help me through the journey of my life. Amen. Amen. Wow, it's good to be with you this morning. Oh, I feel a little rushed and disheveled, but I'm so excited to be here. Uh, one, I, I thought for sure one song would be enough, but uh, last time I wasn't juggling with three of us back there, so that was kind of fun. I'm so thankful that you could be with us here at Lakeside this morning uh, to celebrate baptism, to celebrate life. Um, for me, this is just a... It's, it's one of the best Sundays ever just to watch uh, the fruit of the labor that we put in time and effort uh, here at the church and watch as God gets the increase. You know, the, today is a testimony about God's story, what God's doing. And to see Kayla, Aria, and Tim uh, step up in, in obedience to Christ's command to get baptized, to proclaim uh, to all that they have a Savior who they serve and, uh, and are excited about it and passionate about it. And, uh, and so we're, we're just glad that you could be here. I just want to welcome all family, friends, visitors, those of you who came to watch and support those who get baptized. Maybe some of you just walked in today, first time checking us out, and we're just glad you're here with us. And, uh, and it's just exciting to see God work. Today we're going to be um, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, if you'd like to turn with me in your Bibles. And uh, we're going to be spending some time. I, I titled the, today's sermon, All In. Uh, and for several different reasons, I'm going to get into some of it as we go, but, um, uh, as we just watched teens get baptized, they went all in for Christ. They went down representing the burial with the death of Christ and they were raised again, uh, to new life, uh, to represent Christ's resurrection, his victory over sin and death. And just that opportunity that we have to live in freedom and victory, uh, from our sins, um, and we're going to be in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. It's on page 993 in the, the Pew Bibles provided if you'd like to follow along with us there. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's exciting to just think about going all in for, for Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 11, it states, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness. Gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion forever. This uh, is a very familiar passage, one I, I really enjoy going to and spending time, particularly on baptisms. Uh, this is oftentimes the passage when I just get a few moments to charge those who are just baptized. This is the passage I go to. I think there's so much here 
for us just to dwell on, to think about. Really, in First uh, Timothy is, is known as a, a pastoral epistle. It's uh, Paul writing to young Timothy, who is a pastor. And he's challenging him to live a life and to pursue a life that, that glorifies and honors God. <clears throat> but the truth about you know, pastors and elders is that pastors and elders are to be an example. Uh, and what they are commanded to do is to show the life that God wants all of his children to live. Those who choose to follow Christ are to follow these same commands. And, uh, and so today's passage, though it was written to a young pastor, is written to all of us who, who call Christ our King, who call Christ our Lord, who follow Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so we, we talk about all in is, is a way of following Christ with no reservations, no holding back, but I'm all in for Christ. And... Um, to follow him. Jesus said this in Luke 9, 23. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, it costs you everything. It costs you everything. To go all in for Christ costs you everything. To choose to follow him, to make a proclamation that Jesus Christ is my king, he's my Lord, he's who I'm following, is, is to understand that you are surrendering your life. You know, I was, I was thinking all in, it's, uh, and I, I wasn't a skateboarder, I tried skateboarding once, that failed rep really quick, but, um, but they, they drop in, they go all in at the top of the half pipe, I love watching extreme sports or snowboarders or whatever, when, they, when they're at the top of the pike and they, they have to go in, and they're fully committed at that point, there's no return, they're dropping in, or jumping out of an airplane and skydiving. And parachute, I'm like, once you jump, you're, you're out, I mean, you're not, there's no climbing back into the plane, you're out there. And that's what Christ wants for you with him. To follow him is to go all in, to go all out for him. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of the, the idea that, that Jesus is saying, to come after me, pick up your cross, die to self, surrender, follow me. So here in our passage, Paul reminds Timothy of truths about God before he, well, in, in this charge, he reminds him of several things about Christ, about God, whom he's serving, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time on who Jesus Christ is, who God is, that Paul's talking about in this passage, before we then go look at the, the commands that Paul gives to, the, to Timothy and to us today. And at first he says, Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God, uh, who gives life to all things. Timothy, I'm charging you before our Creator. And you know, in Aries' testimony, she talked about God created us to be with Him. To make us into, to have a relationship with him. Our creator God is the one who we, we serve. Before God, he knows all things. He's the all-knowing, everywhere God. He's in, uh, and he is here today. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you. And, and Paul said, Timothy, remember, God is your creator. He knows all. He is before all things. He is, will always be. And he says, who gives life to all things. So it does talk about creation, but also James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. See, God delights in giving good things to his children. God loves his kids, and he, he longs for them to know what full life means. John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come to give you life. Uh, and life to the full, to give abundant life, life that is filled with every good thing that God has for us. And that's what he delights to. So Timothy, remember the God whom you serve. He is the creator God. And so I also want to charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. He, he's reminding Timothy that there was a point 
that Jesus had where he came before the authorities of his day. And all Jesus had to do was say, you're right, Pilate. I'm not who I am. I'm not going to get tortured. I'm not going to that cross. I'm just going to relax from here. He had that opportunity to deny himself, deny everything, and turn away. But Jesus made the good confession. He stood firm for you, for me. He said this. Then, then Pilate said to him in John 18, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus said, I came to proclaim the truth. I am the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. He was willing to stand before Pontius Pilate. He was willing to to take the ultimate sacrifice, go to the cross for us. And, And Paul is reminding Timothy, and he's reminding us today, that though trials are hard, though tough times come, Jesus stood the test of time. He stood the pressure. He he stood and took the punishment we deserved so that you and I could find freedom and life today. And so remembering Christ, uh, remembering God is our creator, remember that Jesus Christ uh, made the good profession of faith and confessed in front of Pontius Pilate for us. We have this, this, this hope. We have this example. We have this life in Christ. And, uh, and so we have God, who is our creator, Jesus, who is our example. And then he also then continues to go and say in verse 15, which he will display at the proper time uh, when, when Jesus returns, that he is the only sovereign, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God is in complete control of the universe. You know, oftentimes we think we're in control. We like to control everything. I like to control everything. I like to do, order my life as best as I possibly can and, and only stay within a certain framework as long as I possibly can until God says, uh, I'm going to just push you out a little bit. And then what happens there? I remember uh, um, several years ago I was uh, in seminary and I thought I had everything figured out about God, which is funny. And, uh, but I thought I was there. And, uh, and, and God just began to show me a little bit of who he is, the sovereign God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And, and just a, a, a little, he just opened my mind for a second to say, hey, Brad, you think you got me figured out? Check this out. And I was, I mean, for days on end, I could not sleep. I could not figure it out. I couldn't find the passage in the scripture. I could not wrap my mind around who God was. And it blew away my structure. It blew away everything that I thought I knew. And for the first time, that statement said, the more you know about God, the more you realize how little you know about God made sense to me. And I, I began to, to look to God and, and say, uh, again, I'm a student again. I'm a student. I've got to learn. I need to learn to be taught to know him. But when you, when you come to God, the sovereign God, you have to come to a place and say, I don't know all. I can't control all. And if you want a, a great way to do this is to, at night, on a clear night, get outside, look up at the stars, open up Psalm 19, as my brother and I like to remind ourselves to do, and just worship God and look at the vastness of the universe. Or, or if you... Uh, if it's not a clear night, just, just hop on YouTube, look up Lou Giglio's How Great Is Our God, and watch him describe the greatness of the universe. And you're like, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. God is everything. He is huge. He is big. He's in control. He knows all. Before all things, he is. After all things, he will be. And, uh, and we can trust him. Because it says here in verse 16, Who alone has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be glory. Honor and eternal dominion. Amen. 
See, God's glory is too great, too magnificent for us to understand. We can't fully comprehend. We cannot come into his presence because we are tainted with sin. We have been separated from God because of the the evil that we do. And we are so far from him. But God, uh, he doesn't want it that way. He, he, He... says, I want you to know me. I want you to see my glory. I want you to know who I am, but we are so far from him. In Exodus 33, God says this, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. To think of the glory of God is so great, so powerful that if I were to look upon it, I would die instantly because my sinfulness cannot look upon his perfection. And I think of the story of Moses saying, God, show me your glory. And God hid him into the the cliff there. And he passed by and said, only after I've passed can you see the train of my glory come by. Just the the result of God passing. That's what you can see. That's what you can handle. My glory is too good for you. Too high and beyond you. Which then comes back to, again, who who Jesus is. John 1.18 says, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who's at the Father's side. He has made him known. Jesus has made God known to us. We cannot approach him on our own merit, but God in his great mercy has given us a way to his glory. Second Corinthians 4, 6 says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. The creator God who commanded all things out of nothing says this, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God has revealed himself to us the God of God is the glorious God who we cannot look on in the person of Jesus Christ. To know Christ is to know the Father. And so uh, it's, it's exciting for me just to kind of start there. This foundation that God is bigger than us. God is, uh, is so big, unknowable, unapproachable, but in that has given us a way to know him through Jesus Christ. Paul's reminding Timothy of that. He's reminding of that so that we can then get into five characteristics of a Christ follower. The, the, the rest of our message today. He says in verse 11, but for you, O man of God, uh, for you believer, for you who have chosen to follow Christ, to pursue him, I have some things for you. I charge you with these things. What is a man of God here in our our passage? What is a a person who has followed Christ? It says, you who made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Timothy, remember that time you made the confession before many people that you follow Christ. And and so, Kayla, Ari, Tim, I tell you, remember the time you made a good confession when you got baptized in front of many witnesses. Those of you who have followed Christ and you've made the proclamation before many people, I follow Christ. He is my Lord. He is my King. I pursue him. This is what life needs to look like. So he starts this, he says, flee uh, the temptations of this world. Flee these things. This is the, the runaway from the escape, the avoid, just uh, I think of a fugitive getting out of prison and running as fast as they can without looking back, without stopping. You're leaving. Just in the preceding verses, Paul talks about the love of money. He talks about uh, the false doctrines that are creeping in everywhere. And he's saying, flee these things. Don't let the message of the world... Don't let worldliness, don't let the comforts of the world, don't let these things distract you. Flee these things. Look out for, uh, early in the, chat, in the book, he says, watch out for the youthful lusts and watch out for all these temptations. Flee them, run away as fast and as far as humanly possible. God says this in, verse, in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen: there is no temptation taking you, but what is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with that provide a way to escape so that you may be able to bear it. In temptation, God is there and providing a way out. You don't have to fall into it. You can flee. You think in our Joseph series, we've been talking about Joseph. Joseph, in the midst of temptation, ran so fast he left his cloak, which got him in trouble. But he didn't care. He, before God, 
fled the temptation, and he pursued Christ. Uh, <clears throat> so flee temptation, the temptation of this world. Passionately pursue your relationship with Jesus. He says to seek, to, to strive, to, press, uh, to pursue uh, these things. The, to passionately pursue your relationship with Christ looks like this. To pursue righteousness. Righteousness is, is living in obedience to God's word. It is, it is to seek to do what's right. It's to understand w- rightness. 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Uh, this tells me that God has given us his word. He has, he has given us an inspired word of God that is is profitable. It has value for, I like to break it down this way, uh, what's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. That's what righteousness is about. When you want to know what's righteous, you go to the Word of God. The Word of God is our example. It is our guide. It is our, it's our, or it's our GPS for life. And we need to go there so that we can be complete, to be mature, to be equipped to live a righteous life. To pr- passionately pursue a relationship with Christ means we pursue righteousness. And we pursue godliness. This is a, a having a Christ at the center of our, of our affections. It's our desires. It's, a, it's to have a reverence for him. 1 Peter 3.15 starts with, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. At the center of who you are, is Christ holy? Is he at the center? A Christocentric attitude, a Christocentric life is one that is godly. A godly life means Christ is at the center. The faith is, uh, is a confident trust in God he who is, it is believing that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that he will do what he says he would do. <clears throat> love here is a distinctly Christian term. The agape love, the unconditional sacrifice in love that... As you passionately pursue Christ, you will love as Christ loves. Um, you will love, in, well, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40 says this, uh, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends all the law and the prophets. This is the passage where we at Lakeside have, have come to and drawn our mission statement from to, to love God, to care for people, and to communicate his word. We, we believe that it first starts with that, that passionate love and desire for God, which then flows in our lives out to others, where we care for others around us and, and build up a church here and, uh, and have a community where people belong and we're sharing life together. And then to take that message to the world so that they might know the love of God. This love that you pursue as, a, as one who follows Christ begins to, to take over every aspect of your life. Steadfastness is standing firm. <clears throat> John MacArthur said this, this does not describe a passive, fatalistic resignation, but a victorious, triumphant, unswerving loyalty to the Lord in the midst of trials. When you come to trials, when you come to life, steadfastness is saying, Christ has won, I need to depend upon him. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. 
And then lastly, when you pursue your relationship with Christ, gentleness, which is kindness or meekness. It's, a, it's an understanding that, you know, I, I'm not... Uh, in, in America, we tend to get the, I have everything, uh, I know everything, I'm in charge of everything. And, and gentleness is kind of like, uh, it's, it's that coming in and respecting others and loving others and being kind to them and, and, and listening. Again, back in 1 Peter 3.15, first says, but honor Christ in your heart, always, but always being prepared to make a defense to everyone, anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect. Uh, it's when I'm conversing with somebody of a different religion that I don't look at them and say, you're wrong, you're stupid, that's, and, and move on. No, it's, I want to engage conversation. We teach in youth group to, to bring, have God conversations and, and to, to just share, this is, this is what I believe, what do you believe, and begin to talk and let, let Christ shine his light to them. Let the, compare uh, each other and, and allow God to work, but not to coerce or force the, the discussion, but just to, to see what they're interested in. And so when we passionately pursue Christ, when we follow this charge, we have these characteristics begin to line up. But I, I found as I looked at these, when, when these become examples of our faith, what else does this remind me of? It reminded me of Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worth, worthy of praise, think about these things. To pursue a relationship with Christ is to think about these things, but to think about these things, the ultimate example of all these things is Jesus Christ himself. To pursue uh, righteousness and, 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 uh, and faith and, and godliness and, and steadfastness and gentleness is to pursue Christ. When we do that, we see that in Galatians 5, and 23, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control against such things is no law. Again, it's a similar set of things. When you pursue Christ, these things begin to happen. This isn't, um, as I look through, the, I know I'm giving you these five characteristics of a, of a Christian, but it's not a checklist of I have to do this, I have to do that. I think it begins here with this pursue your relationship with Christ is at the, that's the crux of everything. It's the most crucial point because when you pursue Christ, you begin to look like Christ. Jesus says in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, spend time with me, love me, pursue me, and these things will happen. And he gives us this promise that when we love him, we will obey his commandments. And so then, quickly as we continue on, the pursue. Then he says, fight the good fight of faith. Uh, this, this word here comes from the, the word we get agonized from. To, to struggle, to strive, to, to pursue uh, is to fight the fight. But this isn't a, a forcing fight. It, it is a stand firm fight. It's to, to, in the good fight, it is a, is a fight where I exemplify Christ no matter what's going on. As Christ stood before Pontius Pilate and did not surrender, so too I stand and I, and I stand firm and I, and I fight this fight so that I can bring glory to him. If you fight in such a way that you make God look bad, you didn't fight the good fight. But when we fight that makes, in a way that makes Jesus look glorious, this, isn't, um, this, isn't, this is standing firm in, in that way. And then, fourthly, we need to embrace a new way of thinking to take hold of eternal life. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be renewed in your mind. Be transformed by renewing your mind, which is by spending time in Scripture, getting to know Jesus and it says, when we do that, we will know what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
to take hold is to seize, to, to adopt, and, and to, to get a, a perspective of eternity. That today I'm facing trials, it's temporary in nature, it's going to end, but then it'll be um, worth it. Rome, Paul says this, I consider the suffering of this present time are not worth being compared to which, that which will be revealed in us. And we need to, to look for that. Later uh, in 2 Corinthians, he says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So we embrace a new way of thinking to take hold of eternal life is to, to think about eternity, to think about what I'm looking for, and to keep the command uh, unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not saying you have to be perfect. He's not saying you have to be sinless. But he's saying you have to be unwavering in your commitment to Christ. Again, go, to go all in is to say, I'm, 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 I'm all in. I'm, I'm jumping out of the plane. I'm taking off for Christ. I am, I am all in. He is my everything. And why do we want to do that? Because Jesus went all in for us. At that moment when he stood before Pontius Pilate and he did not waver, he, be, he went all in for us. He became human, humbling himself and walking among us. He put on his own footwear, a pair of dirty sandals, and did as we did. He felt what we felt. He hurt as we have been hurt. And finally, after a long, brutal walk, which smeared his sandals with blood and dirt, he died for us. <clears throat> Jesus was willing to go to the cross for us. And at this conference, as Ari testified that she received Christ this last year, we talked about this very fact that Christ went all in for us. And this, this whole point of the, the blood of Christ on his feet. And the shoes I'm wearing are red shoes today because they represent the blood of Christ on our feet. Going where we go, to go all in for Christ is to live a life that takes the gospel wherever we go. To not be ashamed, to go all in. And, and Jesus was willing to go to the cross for me, so why would I not be willing to live every day for him? So as we, as we think about the glorious gospel that, that he has given us and the willingness to go to the ends of the earth that we might uh, share with somebody else, that, that Jesus bought the freedom, Jesus bought the victory, Jesus provided the way that I could know the unapproachable God, that I can come into relationship with him, that I can take my prayers straight to the throne room through Jesus Christ, that at any moment, any time, I can confess my sins, and he who is faithful and just will forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness because Jesus paid the price. Are we willing to go all in? Are we willing to go in? And, and so to come to a Sunday where we, we see baptism, we see somebody saying, I am following Christ. I'm going all in for Christ. No, they will not be perfect. Yes, they will sin. They will struggle. But it is up to us as a body to come around each other and to encourage one another and say, we are following our king. He went all in for us. Let's go all in for him. And so as we, as we begin to, to close and we, we sing a, a, a song that reflects the glory of God, that his payment that he paid for us, are you willing to go all in for Jesus. Will you close with me in prayer? Father God, we're so thankful for the opportunity to come before you and to worship you, to see those make a proclamation and a testimony to you as they get baptized. Lord, I thank you for this charge that Paul gave us to remind us of, of your goodness, of your glory, of who you are, of who Jesus Christ is and the payment that he did for us, Lord. I pray, Lord, today that as, um, as we watch this, maybe someone here has not gone all in for you, has not 
trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior to, to accept the payment that he gave on the cross, maybe today would be that day that they would say, I want to follow this example. I want to follow Christ, and I want to see him forgive my sins and provide freedom and victory for life. Lord, I pray for those of us who, who struggle every day in life and we forget these things that we should be pursuing. I pray that we will begin to develop it and remember the good confession, remember the statements that we made that Jesus Christ is my Lord, he is my king, he is my example. Help renew that passion in us and may we uh, glorify you with all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.